0: popular technology radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and our show is brought to you by Bridgestone. They're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. This week's episode is going to be completely dedicated to the company Viome. We did another interview with Naveen Jain and the chief medical officer for Viome, Helen Messier. And uh, I spoke with Naveen a few months ago, right when their company was kicking off. And now I've had a chance to get my microbiome tested. I've had some time to live with it for a little bit. Um, Viome has tested nearly 10,000 people. And they're starting to do a whole bunch of um, really interesting tests. And they're starting to do a whole bunch of really cool um, new studies on how food affects people differently. So we're going to hear about that and the future of Viome Coming up. So, I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Naveen Jain, CEO and founder, and the chief medical officer, Helen Messier. Um, so, it's been um, about a month or two since I got my Viome results back, and uh, I'm loving it because I basically already, the foods that Viome recommended that I eat are pretty much already my favorite foods, anyways. And I'm guessing – like, at first I was kind of surprised, but I'm guessing that, uh, Naveen, you're, you're probably not that surprised by that because, um, you know, other than junk food, the, the food that you naturally are um, inclined to eat uh-huh. is probably going to be a good starting place for the stuff that you should eat, right?
2: Well, not really. As a matter of fact, it, in general – so you're a pretty lucky guy, I can say that – in general the foods that you are really are eating are exactly the ones that will turn out to be the ones that are bad for you and the reasoning is if you love some food you eat a lot of that and when you eat the lot of the same food you're only feeding a certain set of uh, uh, organisms and others are starving so in some sense by having a restricted diet of the things that you like you end up creating an imbalance the things that may have been good for you at some point of time actually become bad for you. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things that I learned, uh, I'm learning, is that there is no such thing as you know the bad bacteria or good bacteria. It is a good ecosystem and a bad ecosystem. And the best way to look at that is if you go into a rainforest, you can look at almost every meter of rainforest. Every one of that area is completely unique ecosystem, yet lush and green. So you could be lush and green, have a completely different ecosystem, and it's still lush and green. Uh, for me, uh, it's very interesting. I was, I really thought I was a really healthy eater. I'm a vegetarian to begin with, and I was eating the spinach and oats and avocado and lentils and lagoons and tofu and completely cut down all the carbs and starch because I thought those were the bad things. When I got my wyom uh, results, for me, it was it needed to be more than half of my diet needed to be complex carbohydrates, so 50% complex carbohydrates. And specifically, I was told to eat uh, wheat and not eat, uh, minimize oats, minimize spinach, minimize avocado, minimize lentils, legumes, and tofu. Everything that somebody would say is healthy for me, it turned out, because I was eating so much of them, it turned out to be unhealthy for me. So it's really counterintuitive, whereas another person right next to me, uh, you know, comes from the same part of the world. So it's not genetics or, you know, what part of the world comes from. For him, the avocado is a superfood. The spinach is a superfood. And for me, they are on the minimized list. So it really is very personalized to what is going on inside your gut. And it's interesting thing, Jason, is that as you look at uh, us as an individual, there has never been a technology that was able to look inside your gut at a level that we are doing now. So the early days of the, you know, people say I've done the microbiome test, and you know, yeah, it's completely useless. And I completely agree with them. The early microbiome tests were completely useless. In fact, many of the companies who are doing the microbiome test right now. They are actually scamming the people. So companies like Ubiome or American Gut Project, what they supposedly do the microbiome test, what they do is something called 16S. And 16S cannot detect any virus, any yeast, any fungus, any mold, or even the bacteria only at a genus level. The genus level is completely useless because we all have exactly the same genuses you may have slightly more of one or slightly less of other. What we do is not only get every strain of every bacteria, every virus, phage, yeast, fungus mold, but more importantly, we also know how active they are. The thing that really differentiates us is we actually look at what they are doing, how much of the butylate they are producing, are they really producing uh, lipopolysaccharide, LPS, that's going to cause inflammation are they producing the right nutrients that your body needs and if they are not then we actually recommend the food that actually will complement what is not being produced and end up reducing the thing that's going to increase the things we don't want and that's where the personal recommendations come from
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters. And we're talking with Naveen Jain and Helen Messier from Viome. And in this segment, we're talking about how the microbiome is like a rainforest ecosystem. You're saying that like, having a complete diverse ecosystem like the rainforest and then comparing that to somebody else who maybe like only eats chicken nuggets and hamburgers all the time, it's more like when you have like a monocrop somewhere in the middle of the U.S. It's unnatural to see so much of just one type of corn being grown or something like that. It's an imbalance.
2: Yes. And I think, you know, that's one. And other way, of, you know, I was, you know, uh, last week I was speaking at an event, and it was a completely lot of laymen's, and I thought, you know, my talking about microbiome and people just get right over their head. So, Jason, here is how I came up with a story of how humans were created. Are you interested in knowing how humans were created?
1: I'm definitely interested.
2: So here's how I think it actually happened. You know, the, all the microorganisms such as bacteria and viruses have been around for billions of years. Right. The humans really started about 200,000 years or so. So mm-hmm. here's how I think it happened. A million years ago or so, all the bacteria and viruses got together and they say, you know, we are sick and tired of living in this small place. We want to go take over the world. And one guy said, you know, I think I have an idea. And his idea was, what if we create something that's going to carry us around everywhere? All we have to do is keep this thing healthy, and they're going to run around, feed us. We will tell them what exactly we want, and they're going to crave for that, and they're going to feed us that thing. And they're going to go all over the world. They're going to poop everywhere, and they're going to spread everywhere, and they're going to take over the world. And that's exactly what they did, and they created humans. We became the carrier for all these microorganisms, and the things were starting to go really well. And then suddenly, just like we are afraid of the artificial intelligence, and you know we worry about that. What if the AI becomes so intelligent? Then what would happen to the humans? One of the wise ones started to wonder that we just created this entity is getting smarter and smarter. Someday it's going to become even smarter than us. What is going to happen? So he went to the elders and said, hey, you know, aren't you afraid that these things are going to take over and then what's going to happen to us? He said, oh, don't you worry about that. We put all kinds of controls mechanism in place. Did I not tell you one of our brothers is right inside their cells? They call that mitochondria. But it's one of our brother bacteria. It's right there. It provides the energy for the cell. We don't like what they're doing. We turn the energy off and they are gone. And he was really happy that the elders have thought about everything. The other one thought he was really smart. He said, but master, master, they got this thing called brain. How are you going to control that? And he said, oh, I forgot to tell you. We have a direct connection through the vagus nerve. Where we live in the gut, we connected that through the vagus nerve all the way to their brain. And the things that makes them feel good. We're not going to let them produce serotonin. We're going, to let them, we're going to produce 90% of all the serotonin in ourselves. We're going to control how they feel. We're going to go back and forth using our brother's neurotransmitters, and we're going to control how their emotions by manipulating their amygdala. We're going to control their prefrontal cortex, and we're going to actually be able to control what they do. An interesting thing is when they don't take good care of us, We're going to start releasing the toxins and the stuff in their body. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to get inflamed. They're going to get all kinds of chronic diseases. They're going to come up with the names like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and autism. They're going to call them depression and anxiety, autoimmune diseases. They're going to call them diabetes and obesity. It doesn't matter. They're all the same thing. It's all chronic inflammation. And we are going to be the one that's going to be causing it. So You see how we are controlling everything that happens? Just take a chill
1: pill
2: and let's
1: take over the world. That's how the humans were created. I like it. I like it. And I believe it because, uh, I mean, the more I read, uh, um, a lot of the stuff I'm reading is the stuff that you're posting on Facebook. And for anybody who uh, is not following Naveen on Facebook or other social media platforms, he's constantly posting all kinds of new research from his own company and from all kinds of other third-party doctors that, that show all of these different mechanisms within our body that either act like fungus or act like virus. And then you, know, you compare that to there's different types of funguses that can control ants. And they, it just they have a tremendous effect on our body and it totally makes sense that we have this ecosystem in our stomach and when it's out of whack, we are out of whack.
0: Craftsman is celebrating over 90 years of innovation. Since 1927, they've put hardworking tools into the hands of makers and mechanics. I've had Craftsman tools in my garage for decades, so I know firsthand that Craftsman comprehensive automotive tools and garage storage solutions will help you tackle your next project with confidence, whether you be a shade tree mechanic or a certified pro. So visit your local Ace Hardware or check out Craftsman.com to shop the latest hand tools, power tools, lawn and garden equipment, smart products, storage solutions, and a whole lot more. That's Craftsman.com.
1: You're listening to Popular Technology Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're talking with Naveen Jain and Chief Medical Officer Helen Messier from Viome. And Naveen is going to give us his theory on where all of disease comes from.
2: When the ecosystem is out of balance, our body is at unease. That unease is what we call disease, and in shorter words, we call disease. So, disease is simply the imbalance of the gut. That causes the ecosystem to be out of whack, and that causes our gut to start sometimes become a, uh, you know, a porous and we have a leaky gut, or it starts, we are feeding the wrong set of ecosystems that releases a lot of toxins that causes inflammation in our body.
1: Right. Now, Dr.
2: Mess- Dr. Messier, would you have anything to add here? So,
3: you know, to bring it back to the, the idea of the rainforest and the diversity, and Jason, you mentioned the monocrop. The idea is that if you think of a monocrop, if a disease comes along, it will completely wipe out the entire crop right? right? because there's no resilience there. What happens is that diversity creates resilience. And when we have that resilience in our microbiome, we also have the resilience in our own body that maintains our our wellness.
1: Now, so Viome has been going uh, and and actually testing people's results since about August or September of last year, right?
2: Yes, and we actually yeah. have almost ten, almost ten thousand people that have gone through the service, and you know, amazing. I mean, what warms my heart is every day we get emails from our customers saying how much better they are feeling, how Wyom has changed their life. In fact, one of the women, I'm going to send you the things after this, Jason, so you can post it. One of the women posted on her Facebook that she went on a Dr. Oz show. We didn't even know about it, that she was one week away from doing the gastric bypass surgery. And instead, she decided to take a last shot, do the Wyom test and follow our recommendations. She lost 70 pounds, seven zero, 70 pounds. And here's the most interesting thing. We didn't set out to actually do anything about the weight loss. She had a leaky gut and inflammation. So we fixed the leaky gut through our through the recommendation of the diet and uh, uh, and the inflammation. Amazing things happen. The symptoms in her case was obesity or the weight that went away. In other customers, they call us and say, "Hey, they really been having all the acne and the skin diseases that just went away." In other cases, we find people say, "You know, um, one of the customer uh, from UK told us that you know he he is a trainer." And he asked, and he posted about it on YouTube, so I'll send you a link to that. He posted on himself, he said, he's a trainer, he's been advising everyone what to eat, except he is himself depressed, anxiety, and all kinds of issues. And by following the wild diet, all those symptoms disappear. Again, wow. we, don't, we don't cure diseases, we don't diagnose diseases, we simply fix the ecosystem, and the symptoms that people see just ha- happen to disappear.
1: What are some of the the more recent findings that you've noticed, uh, um, looking at the data in a big way, that uh, were maybe either surprising or contradictory to uh, anything that we currently knew before you guys started?
2: Helen, you want to take a shot at that? And some of the and high level, what are the things we are learning from just at overall data sets and the things that are surprising?
3: Yeah, I think the the one thing that's really striking, and I think we knew this to some level, but we've really seen it pronounced, is just how different everybody is. And, you know, Naveen kind of alluded to that, but when we look at both the, the composition and the activity, you know, what the microbes are doing, across the board, everybody is so, so different. And that really points so the fact that there is, you know, everybody requires a very different diet and a very different kind of intervention um, to to address how you know that that individuality across the board. So that's a high level. That's what we're seeing. the The next thing that we see is that um, their functions and their composition is very different from each other. So for example, butyrate is a uh, short-chain fatty acid that's very beneficial for for us. Now that's made by our bacteria and it feeds the it's beneficial because it feeds the lining of our gut and keeps the lining of our gut healthy. It actually helps with insulin sensitivity and blood sugar control. It helps with inflammation, it suppresses inflammation, and it actually even gets into our body and control, controls human gene expression. So, overall, it's a very beneficial um, molecule that's made by our bacteria. Now, across the board, people are very different at making different levels of butyrate. So they may have the bacteria present that are capable of making butyrate. In fact, we see everybody has bacteria that are capable of making butyrate, but not everybody is very good at making butyrate. So just because the bacteria are present doesn't mean they're actually doing what they're supposed to. And we can really see that in, in our data, and that's the power of how we're looking at the microbiome and looking at what the microbes are doing. So when we see that, we may give, you may be giving recommendations to, for all the foods that are going to feed those butyrate producers, so they'll start doing what they're supposed to be doing and make butyrate. And we can look at different molecules as well, like LPS. When we see LPS, that's another molecule that's made by our microbiome and it's very inflammatory. It increases inflammation. And so when we look at, you know, from a data set wide um, look, very high level, we see that people who make low levels of butyrate, but high levels of LPS, and we look at the symptoms that they report, it's all inflammatory. They report muscle aches, they report joint aches. Um, they will have certain autoimmune diseases. So we can start to see the pathways that are involved in what's happening in people's bodies. And those are all microbial pathways.
1: Maybe
0: you're asking yourself, who is that guy in the mirror? What happened to the guy with the brass knuckle attitude? Maybe he just needs to decide, is that a tie around his neck or a leash? Join the brotherhood of muscle with an available 485-horsepower Dodge Charger or Dodge Challenger GT, the world's first all-wheel-drive two-door muscle car at the Dodge Drive and Discover event. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're still talking with Naveen Jain and Helen Messier from Viome. Let's get back to the conversation where we're talking about new studies they're doing. So you're learning so much from all these people, and you're seeing how it affects them in different ways. And um, some of it is from you testing their samples and giving giving them their results back. But then um, the last time that I went to you, to your website... It looks like there are studies that people can partake in, and it looks like there's like seven or eight different ones. Yes. Can you tell us um, some of the uh, the studies you're working mm-hmm. on now and uh, what you're hoping to find from that?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, we want to continually grow our understanding of the microbiome. We have a very robust understanding already, but of course, there's always more to learn. And so one of the things are a big study that we're recruiting uh, volunteers for right now is one where we look at their uh, glucose response. So their their blood sugar response to different foods that they eat. Now I can give an example. We, you know, I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor and we had a, a whole bunch of people here at Biome wearing them. And it's interesting that people had a very different blood sugar response to the same food. So for example, for almonds, which, you know, in generally we tell people, oh, if you're going to snack on something, you should snack on almonds because they're not going to increase your blood sugar too much. Well, in my case, my blood sugar went way up when I ate almonds. But in another person, uh, they didn't go up at all. And is that because your body is better at
1: making um, sugar from the carbs that are in almonds or?
3: Yeah, actually, that really is dependent on our microbiome. So if you think about it, the first Thing that's you know that gets exposed to everything that we eat, right? Anything that we take in our mouth, our microbes are going to be the first ones that see it, uh-huh. and they're going to be the first ones to metabolize it. So, how quickly they metabolize and turn those foods into sugars that we then absorb is a big determinant of how fast our blood sugar goes up with whatever different foods that we eat. So that's the key, and so this particular study is. Uh, Looking at people's microbiomes, we'll be testing it with biomes, you know, proprietary technology. We'll be having them wear continuous glucose monitors and we'll be giving them a whole bunch of different foods to eat. And we'll be then able to predict precisely what their sugar response will be to a whole bunch of different foods based on their microbiome. So that's one study that will be, and then of course the results of those studies we'll be incorporating, uh, always incorporating those into the recommendations so people will always get the benefit of the latest research. One other study that we're doing, which is, which is kind of interesting, is feeding people very specific diets. So, for example, we, we just finished this one and we're analyzing the data now, is a ketogenic diet. Now, ketogenic diet is a very popular diet out there and a lot of people are on it. It's not equally good for everybody. And again, the determinant of that is your microbiome. So we took a whole bunch of people and we fed them a very strict ketogenic diet and we took samples every day to see exactly what the microbes did with that ketogenic diet. And so we're we're doing that as well with a paleo, with a McDonald's kind of high processed food diet. Uh, So we'll be following all those different ones as well. I'm looking at your uh, recommendations, if you don't mind me sharing them. Um, they Absolutely. It shows that you need eight servings of vegetables grown above ground every day and only five servings of the protein and, um, and the fat. So a little, oh yeah, five of the protein and three of the fat. So basically you'll also have noticed, I think hopefully you'll have seen that you're recommended a digestive enzyme. So one of the things is your bacteria were having a little bit of difficulty. You need the protein, but your bacteria were having a little bit of difficulty um, handling the protein. So that's the purpose of the digestive enzyme is to help you handle that extra protein that your
2: body needs. Okay. I hope, Jason, you're taking the digestive enzyme, the supplement that we recommended, because those. remember, we don't sell supplements. We only recommend that you add the things that you need. And unlike any other companies that are basically selling supplements or probiotics and using a test that is a scam uh, to recommend the things that they sell. In our case, we are simply recommending the thing based on your microbiome that's lacking so you can go uh, essentially develop a better ecosystem.
3: And then the, some of the long-chain fibers, the prebiotic fibers. So, Jason, uh, when we look at your butyrate production, so remember the, the butyrate that I was mentioning before that's absolutely, you know, essential for overall uh, gut health, for sure, and our overall health. The, your butyrate production, you had the organisms capable of making butyrate, but they weren't very active. So you need to really feed those guys and, and so that they'll start making more butyrate. And that's the idea of the prebiotic powder suggestion that, that you have as well.
1: Okay. And so for anybody who might be listening uh, who might not know, can you explain the difference between... Prebiotic and probiotic?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. So a probiotic is a bacteria. So they're the it's a live bacteria that you take as a supplement and the idea is that it gets into your gut and it starts to grow and exert beneficial effects. Um, so it's a live bacteria. A prebiotic is the food that the bacteria eat. So when we talk about a prebiotic powder, it's often a specific combination of different fibers that your bacteria love to eat. So they're usually things that our own body can't digest, but that our bacteria do. So there's many different types of foods that are you know are actually meant just for our bacteria and, and our human body can't can't actually handle them. So the only way we can digest them is, is through our bacteria.
2: So, Jason, if I may say that for the general human beings who may not uh, quite <laughs> understand the technical thing, probiotic is essentially introducing the new bacteria or new, uh, new organisms in your gut, and prebiotic is simply to f- uh, feed the ones that are already there. That's right. Okay,
1: well, that's, that's great. Right. I think a lot of people um, probably just assume that they're similar or the same thing, but it's, it's good to know that there's definitely a big difference.
3: Very different. You know, they're not going to be active unless you feed them.
0: Have you ever tried to plan a vacation and the hotel costs, airfare and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind? Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com.
1: This is Popular Technology Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and our show is brought to you by Bridgestone. They're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. Let's get back to our conversation with Naveen Jain and Helen Messier from Viome, V-I-O-M-E, and talk about food diversity and the microbiome. I haven't bought the prebiotic yet, so I'm going to have to try that. I've just been trying to uh, abide by the the recommendations, and, and it has been quite beneficial for me. Um, but I try the
2: I mean, I tell you, the fiber that is the the prebiotic that Dr. Massey recommended. I really think it will help, because in the early days uh, when I needed it, and I took it, really, really made a tremendous difference to me. Uh, both in terms of, uh, you know, if I may say so, a lot of the stuff around bloating and belching and stuff like that that I had is uh, actually gone because of some of those prebiotics that I took. And I think to some extent. Uh, diversity of food is just as important because uh, diversity of ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The different foods feed different, um, different organisms. So to a large extent, um, you, know, as, you know, as they say, the more colors, the more diverse. And eating seasonal stuff, I mean, if, if I were to simply say, you know, um, you know, in general, what people should do, they should generally eat what is produced in the season and not eat the food that's out of season. I mean, that's how we all evolved. But even then, it needs to be personalized because uh, we grew up differently. You know, we get different microbiome from our mothers, and to largest extent, the environment that we grow in, the part of the world we grow in, the food we end up growing, the food that our parents ate—all of that have a tremendous impact on uh, who we become and what our micro, what our ecosystem in our gut becomes.
1: Right. Yeah, I think one thing that. Um gets talked about a lot when, when, when talking about the microbiome and, and gut health and everything is that there's really not a lot of people out there saying you need to eat just one or two things and you'll be good. Everybody is kind of on the general consensus that the more diverse variety of foods you eat, the better.
2: And that includes everything. So you can't say I'm on an Atkins diet and I don't eat carbs or I am uh, on a, 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 the paleo diet and I don't eat this. I only eat protein and I am on ketogenic diet, and I don't eat that. I really think that's just generally a bad practice, right? So I think all of these fat diets, the reason they work for some people and not others, and even the people that it works for, short term, it becomes really bad in the long term. And I can tell you that we have hundreds of people that are on paleo diet, and we see their stomach, the technical term, is pretty effed up. Like so they really have pretty have gut, and they may think that they are eating pretty healthy.
1: Right, because they're just they're they're minimizing the amount of foods they're taking in to such a degree. I, the way I like to think of it is the fact that we are an omnivore, which means we're supposed to eat everything.
2: Yeah, and also the protein they eat a lot of the paleo people they eat so much protein, and when you have a lot of protein, as Doctor Messier taught me. You know, and most of the protein should have been digested. In fact, all of the protein should be digested in the upper intestine. And when you eat a lot of protein, a lot of it goes and ends up being in the large cor- in the colon, where it's not supposed to be. And then it's the bacteria that thrive on that, these are called protein fermenters. And these protein fermenters are really nasty. When you start feeding them, they release a lot of the LPS. As Dr. Massey mentioned that, That LPS causes inflammation. So when you start eating that much protein, that starts to become really toxic for you and causes inflammation. Is that right, Dr. Matthews?
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And we see a lot of problems with protein fermentation. We can see products, not just LPS, but they make things like what we call crystal and ammonia. And those are all very toxic to us. And so you do see a lot of different diseases in the literature. A lot of different diseases have been associated with too much protein fermentation in the colon. And that's something we can readily see in our data.
1: Mm. So let's say you're, because so here's a, here's a pretty standard scenario. You see this guy who's, you know, trying to be healthy and he's going to the gym every day. And he's the kind of guy that walks around with a roast chicken under his arm and he's just eating roast chicken all day (laughs) long. Um, what does that person do to make sure that they are metabolizing all of the protein they're taking in, in in the upper intestine to, you know, to help make sure they're digesting it all in the right place?
3: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, one of the things might be just eat a little less roast chicken. I mean,
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Moderation.
3: needed. Um, moderation. Second thing is, you know, there are certain enzymes, digestive enzymes that you can take that will help with that digestion. Uh, the third thing you can do is increase some other things like certain of the fibers, some of the carbohydrates, the long chain carbohydrates or what we call complex carbohydrates and polyphenols, which are the, the bright colors in in the foods like the greens and the purples and blueberries and the green and kale, that type of thing. Those can actually uh, they, they inhibit protein fermentation. So you can add more of those in as well to, to lower the protein fermentation.
1: Hmm. And now, am I correct in saying that um, polyphenols, is that's something that is um, found a lot in tea too, right? That, that would be something good to add a lot yeah. of people?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, polyphenols are found in tea as well. They're also found in different kinds of spices. So curcumin or turmeric, uh, that Those are all polyphenols as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I almost I have to wonder if, because the United States is so coffee obsessed, and everywhere else in the world, they tend to drink a lot more tea. Uh, I have to imagine mm-hmm. that that has some effect on the, the United States gut biome versus everywhere else.
3: Yeah, I, I think that is very true. Uh, coffee does have some polyphenols in it as well, and certain antioxidants, so it's not all bad. Uh, but we do see evidence of certain people, coffee can cause a lot of uh, stress hormones to be released, like adrenaline. So, in some people that uh, they get a lot of adrenaline released from drinking the caffeine, we can see that enter into the gut and it actually changes uh, and promotes the growth of certain harmful bacteria. So, we can see that from people who drink a lot of coffee in some cases. Other people can handle it, and and
2: it'll be fine.
1: Hmm. Well, definitely. Uh... So the people who are the thrill
2: seekers don't they have a lot of adrenaline? I mean, does that in fact they too? to?
3: Yeah, it can, it can if they if they produce a lot of it. Now, some people are much faster at metabolizing it than other people are. Right? So it makes that makes a big difference. So again, that really stresses the individuality of people, right? That there is no one set of recommendations that's going to be right for everyone.
0: You can do it for yourself. Let Haynes Manuals Online show you how.
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and this is the last segment of the hour talking with Naveen Jain and Helen Messier of Viome. Let's talk about the future of Viome. Viome is still, it's not Not even a, a whole year old in terms of actually testing people what um what can we look forward to in the future for anybody who's maybe still on the fence or or who's just been kind of just finding out about this
2: so first of all i mean you know being on the fence is because you don't care about your own health and you're not really uh, dedicated because you know most people wait until they get the serious symptoms right When you see the symptoms, then your body has already broken down. So the main thing is, you know, people just because they think they are fit, they feel they are healthy. And I think I'm going to talk about a person who posted his own results on YouTube, Ben Greenfield. Here's a guy who's a 12-pack ab, right? And then you start to look at his gut. Just because he's fit and doing all these things, people think he's he's really healthy. And you look at his gut, he's so screwed up. And he himself posted talking about that how all of the symptoms that he had, such as bloating and all other issues that he had, really were fixed because he thought he was healthy and he was eating healthy diet until we told him the things that were causing him grief. And when he started following the recommendation, he got better. So my point really is that, uh, you know, the cost of doing these tests have come down so much. The kind of technology we're talking about was never available. That work that we're doing at Wyoming came from the biodefense work at Los Alamos National Lab. The government spent spent hundreds of millions of dollars developing this technology to keep the nation secure. We got the exclusive license to this technology, and but for us to do the transcriptome, which is looking at the RNA, which is the activity of every single organism in your gut, would cost you $10,000 we offer that service at retail to $399 to a consumer. And every subsequent test during the year is only $199. And if you are, no, you're spending thousands of dollars in taking medication, you're taking all these supplements that you're pissing away, you're taking these probiotics that are completely may not be doing anything for you, Instead of that, you, instead of guessing it, why not test and find out exactly what you need to be doing so you can stay healthy and stop wasting money? Right. To me, anybody who's on the fence is really, is to some extent, uh, is not doing it justice to their own wallet.
1: Well, or maybe they tried a different service that, uh, like you said, was That's not...
2: The so most microbiome services, as I said, just really have been... Uh, doing a disservice to the industry by, you know, selling things that are just completely useless, right? And that's the reason I hate companies like Buy Home because they've been scamming people for so long.
1: Right, and they they're the one company where you can you can just swab anything and they'll tell you what's there, but it's not really telling you the activity and, and what what it's releasing Nothing and everything. Or
2: what they're doing, right? And it didn't do any, and didn't tell you any recommendation of what to do about it. This is. You happen to have more private than back then uh, you know, for me, Q's just like saying, well, in, in Seattle, there are more men than women. So what are you going to do about it? Or, or in New York, there are more, more women right. than men. Not a lot I of mean, action steps. Changes, really, right?
1: Right. And one thing that's really interesting to me is um, a few weeks ago, uh, I was sent a PDF, which is now... Uh, widely available on the Viome website that people can go download for free, and it it's a whole overview on why to do this and how it works. So I, I definitely recommend people go check out Viome.com and download that free PDF that has all that information in it because it's like a it's like a couple of page uh, primer on what all of this is that we're talking about. Um, and so,
2: yes, yes, and that's an ebook that that's an ebook that people should download because it really gives you a good. A foundation of why is microbiome important what's going on and why you really need to care why you need to take care of your microbiome to stay healthy
1: obviously since you guys have a bunch of different studies going on um i'd be happy to have you guys on again in in a a few months and we can get an update on some of this new information that you're you're finding out
2: absolutely jason it will be our honor and great and we look forward to this yeah
1: Okay, awesome. Well, if people want to find out more, uh, they just go to Viome.com. That's V-I-O-M-E.com. You can get the Apple app on the App Store. Um, I don't think there's an Android app available yet. Do you have any idea when that's going to be available?
2: I think the Android app app should be there really, really soon, and all the Android users can still use the uh, mobile web or the desktop to get the results. But I think the Android app, if it's not out there, in the next couple of days will be really,
1: really cool. Okay, great. Well, yeah, so that that kind of takes care of everybody. If if you do this now and the Android app is not available, you can still view all your results on the web portal, but um, by the time this airs, the Android app will probably be out as well. So thank you so much to uh, Naveen and uh, the rest of you guys over at Viome. This is Pop Tech Radio. We'll be right back. (laughs)